Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Chiropractor Podcast. This is Season 18, Episode 10. I am your host, Dr. Branch Nogan, and today we're going to be diving into neuroticism and how becoming neurotically analytical can lock your brain up and really cause you to not be able to move forward. So we're going to dive into that. But before we do, we're going to hear from our amazing sponsors that allow this podcast to be available. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software with helpful tools like online booking, admin scheduling, integrated payment processing, and charting. But there's more to Jane than you might think. The team at Jane cares a lot about the problems you face as a practitioner. One of those problems is the prevalence of no-shows and late cancellations in practices. So they've made it easy for you with a few simple tools built right into Jane. That includes the ability to implement an online booking payment policy, send out unlimited text and email reminders, and enabling waitlist management features to fill those last minute gaps that weren't preventable. Come see Jane in action at jane.app and use our code LEGENDARY to receive an entire month of offset billing. That's J-A-N-E dot A-P-P and promo code LEGENDARY at checkout. Total Clinic Solutions is your go-to source for purchasing both brand new and refurbished chiropractic equipment, as well as phone support for repairs and maintenance. Allow them to combine your wishes and their 23 years of chiropractic equipment expertise to find what's best for you and your patients by heading to TotalClinicSolutions.com and use promo code LEGENDARY for $100 off on qualifying table purchases. That's TotalClinicSolutions.com, promo code LEGENDARY for $100 off. HealthPair is the number one choice for owner-operated practitioners like you to source, screen, and place candidates for your office. Let our world-class team assist you along your hiring journey. Book an intro call with us so we can learn more about your recruiting needs, how and if we can assist you, and give you the best next steps to take in order to fill your positions as soon as possible. We place all positions, from doctors to office managers to techs, assistants, and everyone in between. HealthPair has you covered. Head to healthpair.io to book your intro call with us and mention this podcast ad to receive an additional 10% off your first month. That's healthpair.io. Hello and welcome back. This is season 18, episode 10. Today we're going to dive into uh, neuroticism and neurotic analysis. So something that I went through whenever I was a student, when I, I would get neurotically like caught on something and I, I would just be fixated on it for a really, really, really long time. And I just could not move beyond that. And uh, because of that, um, you, you kind of get stuck. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what is, uh, what is it like to be neurotic? What is neuroticism? We're going to talk about a couple of categories based off of a personality exam called a personality assessment that's called the big five that give you a breakdown of what the big five uh, personality types are and then how you, how you categorically fall into those. So let's start there. Uh, of course, the big five personality assessment, you're going to have openness, conscientiousness, uh, extrovertedness. Uh, agree agreeableness and neuroticism. Those are the big five. So of neuroticism, let's break it down a little further. What is neuroticism? It is an obsessive thinking or ruminating of thoughts 
where you play situations over and over in your mind and you keep breaking them down. So you just really get in, in, uh, encapsulated with this thought and you cannot step away from it. It just takes over your life and you can't move away from it. Well, there's three categories of neuroticism based off this personality assessment. Those categories are anxiety, depression, and emotional volatility. So as we know, the anxiety is based in the future. So we're constantly thinking about the things that we currently don't have that we want, that we want to become. So we're always future focused. So we're always stuck in the future and that creates anxiety. Depression, that's more of a chemical dependency of, of your thoughts. So you're chemically creating this depression by these ruminating thoughts that are constantly just flooding your brain, changing your neurochemistry and depleting the body of dopamine, oxytocin, things like that. Emotional volatility, you were just an unstable warhead running around, blowing up everywhere, or you find seclusion and you lock yourself in solitude and just sit in that neurotic behavior. Those are typically kind of the two extremes. Now, uh, neuroticism is a trait disposition that uh, you experience negative effects, including anger, anxiety, self-consciousness, irritability, emotional instability, and depression. That sounds a lot like a mental health issue, right? So it's that emotional state of our thoughts, how we think about things, what we think about, when we think about them, and how long we think about them. So what I want to provide today is a bit of a, um, a recipe. This recipe, I have 10 steps in this recipe. And what this recipe will help you provide if you have neurotic or know someone with neurotic behaviors or traits, then this could be something that could be slowly implemented, implemented into their lives to help them benefit stepping away from those behaviors and gaining control of their thoughts and creating consistency and allowing them to be able to focus on life and move forward. So let's start with number one, wake up at the same time every morning. And if you can go to bed at the same time, because this creates a pattern, this pattern, which is typically based off of our sleep and rest pattern, um, based off circadian rhythm. We have a lot of technology today, a lot of blue light and a lot of screen time that affects how we sleep. If we are not getting good, consistent sleep, and we don't have that routine timeliness of getting in and out of bed, the body doesn't have an internal clock that it can go off of anymore. So it's too inconsistent. Your circadian rhythm wants you to wake up and go to sleep with the sun. If we don't have the sun up because we have artificial lighting and the lighting is giving us the photoreceptors in our eyes and it's keeping us awake and it's keeping us um, boosting the cortisol. So now we're getting this big dose of cortisol that's keeping us awake. That's part of that transition to go to sleep and wake up. It's based off cortisol levels. So number one, wake up at the same time, go to bed at the same time. Number two, wake up and eat a large protein and fat based breakfast. This might interfere with some of the intermittent fasting stuff that's out there. I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. I think that it's absolutely pertinent for uh, proper GI health as well as uh, neurochemical health. Your endocrine system cannot function if it does not have the necessary resources put into the body whenever it uh, we need those put into the body. But waking up and having a good protein and fat-based meal prepares the body because it boosts the insulin. Uh, you don't have this, this giant insulin 
increase with carbs, which then causes the blood sugar to rise. And then we have an offset and we're playing the roller coaster game all day trying to get our blood sugar regulated because we decided to have a bunch of carbs for breakfast. So start off the day with proteins and fats. Number three, work out in the morning. There is so much research, so much research that shows working out in the morning, it's going to boost your cortisol. It's going to help flood the cortisol out of your blood brain barrier. It's going to boost your endorphins. It's going to give you physical responses that mentally give you more clarity and allow you to be prepared to be able to handle more stress for the day because we've done the hard thing in the morning. So get out there and move your body. It doesn't have to be crazy. It can be literally 12 to 15 minutes of high intensity interval training where we get the heart rate over 80%. That way we get that good flush or go out, go for a run, go out, go for a walk, do something hard and intense in the morning. So that way we challenge the body physically to be prepared for the stressors of the day. Now, number four, a daily schedule and a routine. If you do not have a planner, it is imperative right now. Pause this order a planner. I'm just kidding. Uh, but you need to have a planner. You need to have a scheduler. You need to know what's going on in your life when it's happening. And every single day before you go to bed, part of your nighttime routine should be sitting down, looking at the next day and preparing for the next day. What do I have? When do I have it? Do I need to do anything before this? Do I need to prepare for this? You know, those are things that prepare you and take away the anxiety that you experience at nighttime when you're trying to go to sleep because you have all these thoughts in your head. If we're still focused on everything that's going on and we're, we can't sleep, we can't get to that rest state, then you need to write that down. You need to put it on a piece of paper before you go to sleep. That way it's out of your head and you can look at it. You can objectively identify what we need to do and how we need to move forward. By getting those thoughts on through a piece of paper, it's going to clear your mind. It's going to allow you to be able to rest, but also it's going to increase your productivity. And then routineliness, you know, getting up in the morning at the same time, eating breakfast, doing a morning workout, looking at your scheduler. Uh, those are things that you can do that are going to prepare you and move you away from those ruminating thoughts where you're constantly replaying the same scenario. It's like, oh my God, I was overslept yesterday and I overslept the day before and I was late for this and I was late for that. And I'm always late. Da, 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 da. All that stops. It starts to go away. And then you're on time. Then you're early and you're showing up. Then you're showing up with efficiency and productivity and you're, you're holding space and you're being the person that you know you can be. Number five. Challenge yourself. I love that David Goggins talks about challenging yourself early, first thing in the morning, mentally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, everything. You need to hit all of it. If you can, you don't have to. Remember, perfectionism is not true. It's not real. You can pursue excellence. Excellence takes time to achieve. Perfection is something that we create in our mind that is not real. So challenge yourself every single day, getting up, moving your body first thing in the morning, doing some breath work, sitting in meditation, journaling, reading a book, something that's going to challenge you. It's going to get you outside of that normality that you've created for yourself, creating these consistent things that are beneficial for you is what we need to do to replace the negative or even the things that are procrastinating and not allowing us to achieve uh, the goals that we're looking to set for ourselves. Number six, and this is really important. I really want you to listen to this. Um, as a, a former procrastinator and a professional procrastinator at that, I don't know how I got through eight years of school being a professional procrastinator and getting all of my licensing boards knocked out of the way, but I did. 
So if you're there, great job. Stop doing it. Uh, be productive. Now, number six, now means now, right now, like right now, stop what you're doing and do it. You need to program that into your mind. That needs to be a switch. And when you hit that switch, it's go time, period, end of conversation, no matter what that is. If you can program that switch into your brain that whenever you, you choose to do something and you do it right now, your success rate will exponentially go through the roof. Number seven, train your brain to do action. We literally were just talking about this and the now means now. So you're training your brain to do the set action that you've told it to do. You're not like, oh, I can wait till Monday. I can wait, you know, let's do that this weekend. Oh, I can do that tomorrow. Those are the wrong thoughts. Those, write it down, schedule it, put it in the schedule. Now means now. If it's in the schedule, get it done, period. It's done, great, moving on. That's the mentality we need to have as we move forward because if you're not training your brain to do the actions, you're training your brain not to do the actions, which means you're creating procrastination, which means you're creating that goal effect and you're not allowing your brain to be able to do the things that you're telling it to. It's literally creating limbic, limbic friction. You are wanting to do something and you're putting it off, you're putting it off, you're putting it off. Well, you're just teaching yourself how to put things off and procrastinate. So good job. You're training. The brain's doing what it's supposed to, but you're not teaching it the proper things to do. Number eight, if you can do something for 10 minutes, you're winning. Meditation, 10 minutes. Breath work, 10 minutes. Journaling, 10 minutes. Reading a book, 10 minutes. Going for a walk outside, 10 minutes. Sitting outside in the sun first thing in the morning, 10 minutes. Drinking a glass of water with uh, salt in it first thing in the morning or electrolytes. Like it, it doesn't have to be hard, guys. It doesn't have to be these huge hour-long processes where I, I have to get my crystals ready and I have to sit down and I have to do Palo Santo and I have to sage the room and I have to have the proper lighting and it has to be, you know, like a certain like parab parabola of the sun based off of the moon and like, no, you don't need any of that crap. What you need to do is sit down for 10 minutes and do what, do what you need to do. Now means now. 10 minutes, get it done, move on. And then number nine, prime the body then the mind. This is a Tony Robbins thing. You prime the physiology, you're chemically activating everything so the neurology has the necessary resources to be able to perform the actions you're setting up for it. Your thoughts dictate your, your future, right? You're manifesting your future through your thoughts. But if you're priming the physiology, the physiology is driving the neurology so it knows what to do. You can't just sit down and be like, I'm going to meditate. Hmm. No, you need to, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do breath work. This is how long I'm going to do it. This is what type of breath work I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to find my body. Where am I at? Okay, let's take a couple of breaths. Where is my breath? Do I feel resistance and tension? It takes time. Ease into it, right? You got to prime the physiology before you can ever move into that mental state. Now, number 10, least, the last but not least, fear is physical courage is mental so we can take a step back and look at that prime the body then the mind fear is physical it's a physical response we are getting an external stimulation that is causing a heightened state of awareness or we are creating a thought that chemically is creating a response 
That's an internal thing, right? So fear is internal. So our hippocampus, our prefrontal cortex, our insula, the amygdala, uh, those are having a conversation. If you have a stored threat response in your hippocampus and your um, amygdala and those two are conversating and it's overriding the prefrontal cortex and the narration and what we're telling ourselves. Well, now we have a chemical dependent response that's stored in the nervous system that's creating the, the desired response, which is typically fear-based because we're fearful of what's about to happen because we are associating the current situation with something that happened in the past. So that is an internal fearful conversation that we are creating for ourselves through our thoughts versus a lion walking to the room and it's about to eat me. That's an external fearful response. That's my physiology responding. That's why it's important to prime the body before you prime the mind. You have to get the physiology ready before it encounters the mind because those are two conversations that we need to understand that are indeed separate, but one and the same. And then courage. Courage is mental. It's a mental place. If, if you're doing things that create courage for you, if you're courageous, if you're adventurous, if you're actionable, if you're doing things, you're going out climbing mountains, going out riding bicycles and getting out in nature and doing things that are courageous and outside of the norm and create uh, confidence in oneself, you're breaking out of that fearful state. You're um, in, the, in the essence of the, the example I used earlier with the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus, you have something called a amygdala hijack where the amygdala has a stored uh, threat response based off of a situation. So We'll use a spider. Most people are afraid of spiders, but right now, if a spider was to fall right now in front of me and land on my desk in front of me, if I had a stored threat response inside my hippocampus, which is your memory, and your amygdala, which is your threat response, um, if those two had a higher stimulation threshold based off the spider hitting my table, then my prefrontal cortex was telling me, oh, it's just a baby spider. Well, the internal conversation of the amygdala and the hippocampus overriding the prefrontal cortex, it would, I would still become fearful and I would have a response based off the stored information of what my amygdala knows and how it's going to respond. Versus if I'm standing here and the spider hits the table and I go, oh, look at the cute little spider. And I scoop it up with a piece of paper and take him outside. I did not allow the amygdala to hijack my brain and override my prefrontal cortex. That happens so commonly. I see it all in so many different situations. Part of it is victimhood. People don't know better. They don't know that they're a victim of their own neurology because of the stored information they've acquired throughout their life. They may have acquired that specific scenario and situation from maybe a family member that is terrified of spiders and now they've become equally afraid based off that other individual's response. That's observational conditioning. That's a type of psychological conditioning that our brain uses to learn. So that is the neurotic analysis cure. That is 10 steps of a recipe that you can utilize in everyday life to help you break out of that neurotic behavior. If you're ruminating on thoughts, you're stuck on patterns and you just can't move forward. Utilize at least one, if not all of these 10 steps into your life. And I can guarantee you that you're going to move beyond that old behavior, those old patterns that are no longer serving you. And 
this is a great way to really just take control of your life and move forward and, and, and be really like present. It's, it's, it's what it is. You're present with yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, your chemistry, everything. So I hope that this has been beneficial. If it has, please like, share, comment, and follow. We drop an episode of the podcast every single week. So let's see you guys here next week for another episode of the Legendary Chiropractor Podcast.